Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. This is Rapid Reactions, uh, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Justin Wells alongside me here. Justin, uh, quite a game last night from the Longhorns. Uh, the Longhorns advance and become 10-1 and after a well-rounded victory. It may not have been complete dominance for all four quarters, but it was well-rounded. Uh, the offense stepped up and controlled the ball. The defense did not allow... Iowa State even begin to think about running the football. And Burt Auburn in the special teams game, as well as Xavier Worthy in special teams, uh, came up big at times, too. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on the Longhorns now, 10-1, and one, leading the Big 12? Uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a complete game, but it was probably as close to a complete game as we're going to get, at least for right now. They played very well in all three phases, and I think that was probably the biggest key. Um you know, Bert, like you said, the offense played keep away, no turnovers. The defense, the defensive line was dominant, which they've been all season long. And and like I said, Bert Auburn, Ryan Sanborn, coverage. Xavier Worthy had a touchdown taken off the board. They had two touchdowns taken off the board. Uh, this could have been a lot worse. And so I, I think top to bottom, it's, it's definitely one of their better games. Let, let's start with the offense and talk a little bit about that. You said you used the words keep away. Steve Sarkeesian was not big game hunting. He took what was ahead of him, kept the ball in the Longhorns possession. Two of the final three possessions in the first half, Texas scored on the other one. They had moved the ball down deep, but Xavier Worthy fumbled. So that was three consecutive possessions. To open the second half, I believe two of the first three possessions there were touchdowns. There was one three and out. And then the final two, one was a field goal, and the other one they milked three minutes plus off the clock. Uh, what was the, what was the, the, do you think was the fundamental difference in that offensive performance, which has been spotty at times and, and flailed the last couple of weeks in the second half compared to this one? The difference was Quinn Ewers was 10 of 13 in the second half for over 200 yards, no turnovers. And Cedric Baxter was what you needed him to be. The bell cow, 117 yards rushing, I believe on, on a handful of carries. And so, to me, that was the fundamental difference. Uh, I, I, you know, that they played smart. They didn't try to take a lot of deep shots. They didn't try to do too much. And by doing that, they were able to chunk, you know, get chunk yardage at times, but also control the clock, control the tempo. You know, that was a big thing in the second half. They they kept the defense off the field in the fourth quarter for for a good a good chunk. To me, that's complimentary football at its best, but it started on offense with Quinn Ewers playing incredibly solid and C.J. Baxter filling in for Brooks pretty admirably. Uh, you mentioned that. Let's talk a little bit about Quinn Ewers because this felt like out after the first quarter, he was shaky in the first quarter. After the first quarter, it started to feel like it was a mature game from a quarterback that grew in confidence as the game went on. You agree with that? Yeah, I mean – Quinn, I don't think, still 100% healthy. And so I, I'm not even – I think he's still battling with being a little dinged up. And I think that's – sometimes it takes him a little bit longer to warm up, whereas, you know, maybe if he's 100%, maybe he's a little more sharper early on. So I think the injury kind of does hinder him a little bit. But, man, you couldn't tell the difference the last three quarters, Bobby. Yeah, I, I felt like he really came on. You mentioned that. That was a great stat. 10 of 13 in the second half alone – for 200 plus yards. That's the way to uh, make it go. Cedric Baxter. Uh, look, he may be one of those guys. Uh, and I, I was thinking about this last night after I rewatched the game. Um, 
he may be one of those guys, Justin, that needs to get five to seven to ten carries to get going in the game and get a feel for the game. He may not be one of those guys that's just all of that out of the box. He may need the extra totes to start to feel where the holes are, and then he starts really executing. You you think you agree with that? I do. It's funny you say that because midway through the first quarter, I tweeted out. I mean, I'm talking 720, 7-18, 7-20. I, I tweeted out, Cedric Baxter will get better as the game, as the game goes on. He's a volume. He's in kind of an old school volume guy, in my opinion. A guy that the the more you give him a few carries, the more he gets them in a rhythm. Whereas these days we see nothing but running back running back by committee. So sometimes it's hard for these tailbacks to really build up a, a head of steam. With Cedric, I th- that's what you get with him. He's a big kid, and I think the confidence grew a little bit. His feet got a little more tappier as he as the game progressed. And, and like you said. You you give him the 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 bulk of the, of the carries and he's I think the type of back that will get better as the game goes on. Yeah, he eats carries. I mean, he yeah. he's like that's part of his game. Two yard hard run. Okay, let's follow it with a six yard hard run. Exactly, right? and keep keep putting him in. And five uh, catches. I mean, that's that's just four or five catches. That's yeah, that that's that's filling in for Brooks admirably and Jaden Blue, uh, mind you, who who has got some. He's got legitimate bursts. And he's also, you know what else he has? A little bit of, you know what, in his neck. He, oh, yeah. he, he's heard the the detractors, and he, he cares, and he's trying to prove everybody wrong. Both of those guys snatch the ball as receivers like they're wide receivers. I mean, they literally, there is no bot. They don't juggle it. They just went, I mean, there it goes. So that, that helps the passing game a little bit too, Justin, to your point. Uh, I want to say a couple other things here. The wide receivers, and Steve Sarkeesian mentioned this in his post-game press conference, he talked about how everybody got involved, whether it was J.T. Sanders, Adonai Mitchell, Jordan Whittington with a catch, uh, a couple of big catches uh, on the night, Xavier Worthy, and then Gunnar Hill, too, as well as the running backs, all involved. Uh, I felt like this Texas offense finally felt weaponized, that we know they have weapons, right? But they were yeah. actually activated a little bit on Saturday night. It, 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 it took a little bit of everybody. It wasn't a big game from one individual receiver. Now, Jordan Whittington, I think, had the biggest catches. But yeah. it wasn't a big 10-catcher like Adonai Mitchell will have or Xavier Worthy will have. That, that wasn't what it was. It was, it was you know what, we're going we're gonna, to um, bleed you, but we're going to do it in different ways. And when you get Gunnar Helm involved with Jatavian Sanders, that's unfair. I, I thought that touchdown was a great play call. I thought that was set up very, very well. And in, like I think you're right. I, I think as this game went on and the offense built more character, they started using their weapons more and more. And Sark, instead of cranking it up down the field six of the first eight times of the game, he was more judicious with his with his decision making. And it paid off. Uh, that patience paid off because they the offense dominated the second half against Iowa State for the most part. Uh, defense did, did give up two touchdowns. I want to talk about the defense more uh, now, but first I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Each and every Rapid Reactions on Sunday morning is brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, if you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job and think you might deserve compensation, you're going to reach out to Adam uh, Lowy. He'll give you a free consultation, uh, no charge. Reach out to him, LowyLawFirm.com. That's LowyLawFirm.com. Thank you, Adam, uh, for your support of On Texas Football. The defense, Justin, 
We were I, last night on the post game. We had to laugh about it. Twenty-one yards rushing, or excuse me, nine yards. Nine rushing. yards. Nine yards rushing. Trust me, half the team tweeted the total. <laughs> what? What? The superlatives for this defensive unit? You kind of run out of them. Tavondre Sweat, not only, I mean, look, not only in the run game, but the 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 blocked extra point. We didn't talk about that yet. I mean, that was a huge momentum play in this game. Byron Murphy. Uh, with the third and 18, I mean, sack, I mean, the third and 10 sack in the last minutes of the game, uh, they played, they played ornery. I don't know how else to put it. They wanted to eat on Saturday night and they did. Uh, then you have guys like Jalen Ford and Anthony Hill and even David Benda, I thought played a nice game uh, on Saturday night. They were ready to, to knock people to the ground when they got an opportunity. What did you see from the defensive front seven? Because boy, I, I saw just a dominating, dominating unit. Yeah, we, we saw more or less what we've been seeing. But and this was to a different the, level, it felt like, right, Justin? Well, I, mean, it, I think once – I think the team is – every week they get more and more confident. People say, well, they blew this lead or they blew that lead. Yeah, but for, for whatever reason, their resolve is stronger. It's almost like those those close games kind of – help them along the way, so to speak. You never want to give up big leads. You never want to put teams in a one-possession game, but it kind of shows some of your fortitude. I think it shows kind of a little bit of growing. And now, listen, this defense has this – the swagger of this team is on the defense. This might be an offensive coach. This might be an offensive-minded program. The swagger is all on the defensive side. That's where your seniors are at. That's where your dudes are at. And it all starts in the middle on the interior. And before we knew who Jared, what's his face was name was. Jared Hufford. Yeah. Jared Hufford. Before, you know, John A. Barron's tweet was my favorite. I hope he had a nice senior night. Um, you know, before we knew who he was, they didn't have much juice going into this game this week. Man, Iowa State provided that. They gave it that little kick that you needed for it for a trap game that was that could have been pretty dangerous. Listen, I came away with that game with a more respect for Iowa State. Those guys play hard. Their defense hits hard, but the Texas defense on either side of the ball was ultimately the top dog that walked into that stadium. And here's the thing, Bobby, they knew it. They knew it before the guy said anything, and they damn sure knew it afterwards. I tell you what, uh, Longhorns to go into Ames and win 26-16. The defense was definitely a, a big part of that, only allowing three points in the first half and really just suffocating just about anything Iowa State tried to do except for quick slants and out, out routes. I mean, that was basically all Iowa State had in the first half. They did uh, mix it up a little bit more. They had some uh, misdirection plays, the throwback for a touchdown, uh, and then the fourth and one pop pass. Uh, got Texas beat. Maybe the the one that gave the play that gave Texas the biggest problem all night uh, was that tight end screen over the middle, the tight end tunnel screen. Uh, that that was a big one. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the Longhorns seemed dialed in. Uh, talk a little bit about the secondary, Justin, if you would. Uh, Jaron Thompson, I thought, came up with one of his more impactful plays of the season. Uh, with that big interception in the third quarter, Texas turns around and scores and makes it a two-score game. That was a big one for Bug. It was, and also give the defense, the DBs credit, because they played off a lot last night. And by doing that, they got a lot of stuff up underneath. 
You know, the Higgins cat caught a bunch of little slants. Like you said, the tight end screen was, it seemed like that was something they were, they were leaning on as well. You know, Rocco Beck is not a bad quarterback. I thought, I thought he was actually, I thought their team was pretty solid for the lack of the ability to run the ball. Uh, But the DBs were, 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 were as good as they needed to be. Jared Thompson made plays when he needed to. Uh, Derek Williams flashed as well. Now we saw them both make a few mistakes, but that's kind of the give and take a lot of times with, with, with the pace of the game. It wasn't anything that ever really hurt them or set them back. And yeah, like you said, that, that interception for Jaron was timely. It wasn't just the fact that they got a turnover. It's when and how it happened. Give that guy credit. I thought Manny Muhammad was good in coverage. I thought they, but 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 don't get on the DBs too much because I I did notice they were playing off a lot, and so they were going to give you, they were going to let Iowa State have some of that underneath stuff, and there was no way that they were going to let them get behind them. Uh, I noticed this fact: uh, Jade Barron uh, last night played cornerback uh, quite a lot in a, when they were running a true four three at times. Uh, he was not coming off the field. Uh, which was interesting at, at times as well. He also made a really key play, uh, Justin. It was a third and four or whatever, third and five uh, at roughly the, the the Texas 35. They throw a short pass that's complete, but he hit him hard enough that jarred the ball loose, that moved the ball back to, to make it fourth and three. And then Iowa State missed the field goal. Uh, that was a big play in this this game as well. And you know what, Justin? Huge. You said it. You said something. The seniors are on that side of the ball to a large degree. We were talking about Tavondre Sweat, Jaron Thompson, Jalen Ford, uh, now today Barron. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Those guys, Byron Murphy might as well be a senior because you know that he's he's having yeah. a well of the year. Yeah. Uh, those guys are, are stepping up uh, and making things happen for the Longhorns uh, and they're really a part of the, the equation here. All right, offensive, defense. Now I want to talk about special teams because it had a – boy, you mentioned taking two touchdowns off the board. That punt return by Xavier Worthy, uh, that could have blown the top off for Texas, uh, but it gets called back. But Worthy had a good night. Uh, we mentioned we talked about Bert Auburn three for three on field goals, including a career long 50 yarder. Nailed it, nailed, nailed it. right down the middle. None of, none of his field goals were off by more than two or three yards from the or three or four yards from the middle. I don't think. Uh, Bert Auburn just having a great year. And then you know who else played well last night? Ryan Sanborn punted better than he has the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so all of that combined led to a really strong performance for the Longhorns on special teams. Did you did you see anything in particular that caught your eye on the, from those guys? 
only that Burt Auburn, I don't know if you remember Anthony Farah in 2013 and how clutch he was for that team. People don't realize he probably helped Texas win three or four games that year. I believe he was a transfer from Penn State, kind of went under the radar, but was very clutch that, that Mac Brown's last season. I'm getting that kind of a season vibe out of Burt Auburn. This guy is nails. And, and you know, he had that little stretch where he was he had shanked a few. But they, let me tell you, where we're seeing special teams play excel is in coaching. And I'll give you two examples. One, it's Burt Auburn basically saying last last week after his uh, during the press conference, look, it's the fact that coaches Coach Sark had faith in me and Coach Banks had faith in me. Yeah, I missed some, but they never hesitated to put me out there in any situation. He goes, and I know that, and I respected that, and I appreciated it. Two, when Keaton Crawford got dinged on that blocking in the back, and listen, the calls like last night, most fans were suspect on some of the calls, but, yeah, they were ticky-tack, but some of them were legit. They just were. Some of them were. They were ticky-tack, but they were also legit. The Keaton Crawford one, for for whatever reason, it's still you got to watch the number. you got to get the numbers in front of you, Keaton. That's the rules. But it was Jeff Banks coaching him after that. Because Keaton, you could have lost him. Keaton's a very emotional guy on the field. Off the field, he's quiet. He'll never say a word. On the field, he's emotional. And, and you could see Banks on the sideline staying with him say, look, we're going to get the next one. We don't worry about this. We're going to get the next one. Stay with me. To me, that's coaching. You give Auburn that confidence when he wasn't doing well. You give Keaton Crawford that confidence when he wasn't doing well. And what you have at the end of the day is three phases of the game playing well. And if anybody's ever met Jeff Banks, they know that third phase is just as important as one and two. Hey, Justin, I'm looking at the uh, Burt Auburn stats. A year ago, Burt was 21 of 26 um, for 80%. Now this year, after a really difficult beginning to a season, I mean, he did not play well early on, right? He is now 23 of 28, Justin. Uh, he is, that, which is a better year than a year ago, which, you know, we didn't think was possible because he just was not playing at the same level early in the year, but he's come on and just been ultra, ultra reliable. And I think that ties into the team as a whole right now. Focus and consistency. This team is reliable. They're not perfect. Uh, they are a flawed team, as some people would say. They have issues, but they are being remarkably consistent. They're stopping the run for the most part. They're scoring 20 plus, 25 plus on just about every game. Uh, last two games have been 26 and 29. All other games above 30. Um, they are being, what I would say, remarkably consistent overall. Uh, given that the fact that it's a college football team, it's not the NFL where these guys are training seven days a week, you know, 10 hours a day. Uh, so I, I feel like we know who this Texas team is. They may have put on one of their finer shows on Saturday night against Iowa State. All right. One last time, I want to say thanks to our sponsor. Then I have a couple more questions for you, Justin. Uh, our sponsor is Adam Lowy, the Lowy Law Firm. If you've been injured on the job or uh, in a car wreck and believe you might be due compensation, Give Adam a call or send him an email or visit his website. He can take you and give you a free consultation, uh, absolutely free. Reach out to him at lowylawfirm.com. That's lowylawfirm.com. Uh, Justin, uh, Longhorns now are sitting at 10 and 1, kind of what we all thought they might be, right? We, I think every single Inside Texas writer said 10 and 2, just about. Some people said 11 and 1, but 
Uh, and that was that was stepping out there because this Texas program hasn't had that sort of success right. in, 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 of recent note. So to say that was, was impactful. It, it showed a belief in them. They seem to have a belief in themselves. Now Texas Tech comes to town. It's, it appears very likely Texas, one way or another, will be playing in the Big 12 championship. Right. But furthermore, with Jordan Travis's injury at Florida State, which was gruesome, now the the the, the college football playoff even comes into to a possibility, right? I mean, where, where does this where do you think this team is headed right now, uh, going into the final couple of weeks of the season? They're in the position where they've stayed steady at seven in the poll, and I think it was all about just win and survive in advance because the top six guys at some point we're going to knock each other off. We, we were going to see somebody start to chip away at each other. And and I think you, you could see that with Florida State. You can see that when Ohio State and Michigan face each other. You can see that in, in some other aspects. I think they've been consistent. They've survived in advance. The first half of their season schedule was always going to be tougher than their second. And in some regards, they, they've handled both very well. Tech, to me, you know, Iowa State was so much more scarier than than, than Tech is going to be on Friday because I, I felt like it had a trap game feel to it. Playing at Ames at night is always dangerous, especially when Brett Yormark shows up and your boss shows up. You know that Big 12. Well, the, did you think the, the refs didn't notice that? Oh, my. Well, I mean, how could they not? He kept walking by him, giving him a look, doing this little thing to him. I was like, I said, man, I said, Joe, we got to get video of that. But he's over there looking at those refs. Like, come on, Brett, keep it real. But no, man, Texas has survived in advance. They've had some injuries, Bobby. Listen, listen, Jonathan Brooks, that first quarter, you know what I kept thinking about? Man, they missed Jonathan Brooks. Man, they missed Jonathan Brooks. And then the, that first drive in the second half was flawless. Yep. That offensive line, that that is as well as they played since Tuscaloosa. It was flawless at the beginning of that second half. And I think that's kind of where you're seeing this team. They're good on the road. They adjust. Sark has gotten away from a few of his tendencies that we saw the first half of the season. They're weaponized now. They're starting to use a, a few more of their guys because they need to. And then you got a super senior like Jordan Whittington. When you need really two big plays, he puts on his cape, takes off the S off his chest, and says, I've got it. And if there's anybody in that program today that deserves a bigger nod, pat on the back, it's Mr. Whittington. And I think it was very um, apropos for that guy to, to have the plays he did. Uh, all right. I want to say this real quick uh, because I, I think it's important. Uh, the Texas gets into the uh, Big 12 championship game if any of the following happen. Texas wins. Of course, Texas is in. They'll have won the regular season crown outright uh, in the Big 12. Or any of the following. Oklahoma loses to TCU. Uh, the uh, Sooners could be without Dylan Gabriel on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, if Oklahoma State loses, I, I don't even know who they play. I think it's BYU. Uh, it's or, or, or Kansas State defeats <laughs> Iowa State in Ames. Texas should somehow, some way, be in the Big 12. Yeah. But they don't want to lose because here are the ramifications of that. You, we talked a little bit about the national picture. The SEC is going to get one team in the national championship. It's most likely Georgia. The Big Ten is likely going to get one team in the national championship picture, either Ohio State or Michigan. 
the Pac-12 is likely to get one team in the in the capital in the college football playoff, either Washington or Oregon. Right. That leaves it up to the either the ACC or the Big 12 to fill the fourth spot. With Jordan Travis's injury at Florida State, that is, despite Florida State being undefeated at this point, that is the opening for Texas. Absolutely. That is the opening. So, I mean, when we talk about here we are in week 11 now, we're heading into week 11, and the Longhorns have all their goals still in front of them, uh, Justin, when they started uh, this season. Absolutely amazing, magical season going on right now for the Longhorns. I hope, and this is why we cover recruiting so much, and, and you had uh, mentioned that Kobe Black, the defensive back out of Waco, Conley, is announcing most likely on uh, November 29th on that report on Friday. I hope this builds on recruiting, on recruiting, on recru recruiting, so when these things become more regular. It becomes a, a expectation again like it was in the aughts. Uh, really, uh, for the University of Texas. All right, Justin, you have anything final you want to say? You got that family shirt on. I like that. Uh, anything final you want to say? Yeah, I was listening to Gloria Gaynor during pre-production for you and I got on this morning. Um, no, um, <laughs> you know, the tiebreaker system with the Big 12 is so funny. I, have, I can't remember a time where nobody really knew well, did they clinch or did they not clinch? Well, ESPN said they did. Fox said they didn't. Well, <laughs> CNN said that they, they, they they're they're, they're going to have a meeting about it. That, oh, well, then, then another <laughs> I have never seen a more twit. Everyone usually knows what's going to happen. If you win, you do this. If you lose, you do that. Except for the Big 12. This tiebreaker. Have you seen that? I've read it. It's. Listen, this conference, the Mid-12 needs to – Texas needs to get out of this sucker because it is a walking puddle of mud. And I just every time – that's the one thing I couldn't get past last night because Joe and I were talking after the game. It's like we need to write a story about them clinching, getting to the Big 12. Well, we don't know if they actually did. I said, well, Joe, this says they did. Well, I don't know if they did. If they, I have never been more confused. And you know what? I like it. Because it makes Texas win Friday. They want, they, they want to beat Tech anyway. And Joey McGuire and that bunch have been running their mouth for 12 months about this game. So they want to win it anyway. But I like the fact that there's it's not clear that Texas would, will likely be in the Big 12 championship game. I like that because it makes them look at, hey, look, forget be, clinching anything. you got to win out. To, to get in this playoff, you got to beat Tech on Friday. So I kind of like that it's built up, and I think it's hilarious that no one really knows what the heck is going on with the tiebreaker. What including you get when you Brett Yormark and John Nunn the Wiser together, you get a bunch of uh, – anyways. All right. Uh, you get, that's you get a WWE uh, wrestling belt when you win the Big 12. That's what's happening with that conference. Yeah. Justin, I, I love you, dude. Great stuff today. I love the 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 last rant there uh, personally because I completely agree with it. All right, uh, Justin Wells, uh, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been Rapid Reactions brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Longhorns move to ten and one, baby. Uh, hook them. <laughs>